The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Just as we're gathering, <clears throat> there may be some new members here, and I just want to mention um, that we do have offer also small group discussions. And, um, and many people are enjoying these small group discussions as a way of um, building community on a smaller scale. Um, we we uh, share our joys and our sorrows and listen to each other, hear each other deeply, and a lot of empathy and communities built and that seems to have some kind of uplift and healing effect. <clears throat> so if you'd like to be in a small group, um, if you could just write to the Senior Sangha website, and we'll just take it from there. We can make sure that you get into a, a group that's convenient for you. So as we're gathering... Um, just as an introduction to the guided that I'd like to do today for with you is um, I'd like to connect the fundamental, the fundamental part of our nature. It's so fundamental, this desire to be happy. I'm looking at all of these faces here and I'm guessing that every one of them, every one of you wants to be happy. It's as easy as breathing. We all want to be happy. Every time we cross our legs, <laughs> we want to be happy. We want to be a little bit happier. Every time we blink, every time we scratch, there's something in it that we want to be a little bit happier. We can see it in animals, you know, they just head for where the sun is, to lie down where the sun is. Our, our pets sit in our laps, love to be petted, love to be scratched. And um, what I'd like to try to do is to connect this desire to be happy with love, this inherent love and goodness that we all have, that we all share. Yeah, so I'd like to try to make that connection with you today in this, uh, in a guided meditation. So <clears throat> if you could, uh, Assume a comfortable position with your, comfortable, but with your, your spine loosely straightened. <clears throat> and if you like to close your eyes in meditation, please do so. <clears throat> and relax. Deeply relax, relax all of your muscles.
Relax your shoulders. Your scapula, your upper back that's behind your heart. And relax your heart. And contemplate. If I don't have any worries, who am I? And unhooking from our thinking mind and coming into the body Relax the stomach and all the organs inside the stomach area and the lower back. And relax the hips and the thighs. The thighs that don't suffer the calves that don't suffer unless there's some kind of pain can't be helped and the feet and relax the whole body relaxing the face the jaw the eyes and behind the eyes, smoothing out the forehead and relaxing all the little clutching muscles in the mind, the brain, behind the forehead. And scanning through the whole body and widening and softening the awareness, widening it so that it takes in the entire body in a global way and relaxing into this global awareness. It is who you are. It's always here with us, this awareness. We don't have to produce it, this natural, big sky awakeness. and bringing to mind a loved one. It could be a pet, a partner, a child, someone who you freely love. And notice how you want them to be happy. 
You want them to be peaceful. It would even be wonderful if they could be joyous, contented, easeful. You want these things for them and recognize this wanting for them as love, feeling it in your body, connecting this desire for them to be happy as love. And you do not want her or him to suffer this longing in you for them not to suffer is compassion you long for them not to feel shame and hatred and guilt. You long for them not to suffer the pangs of jealousy, pride, vengefulness. You long for them to be free of these painful feelings, these sufferings, and feeling this as compassion, this wish for them not to suffer. It's kind of an ardency that we have. And it's part of us. It's natural. This compassion, this love is simply a complexion of awareness. It's just as natural and part of us as awareness. like heat is part of a flame. And these feelings of love and compassion give life, vitality to our awareness. And now turning toward yourself. 
noticing that you would like to be happy. Every moment that you're awake, you want to be happy. Even if you have misguided, unskillful thoughts and actions, it's still, they're still born of this love for yourself, this wanting to be happy. Easily forgiven in this light. With every breath you take, you want to be happy. With every breath you take, you have love. Part of awareness this open heart. And you do not want to suffer. You have compassion for yourself. You long not to suffer. We long for peace, relief from all the self-created sufferings. And now imagine that this love that you have, feeling this love that you have for your loved one or yourself, whichever is most accessible, is like a sun in your heart. And as if there were a veil in front of your chest, pull the veil apart and let the heart of this love shine in front of you. Just with ease, no effort, just pulling the veil apart and letting the love open in front of you as far as it wants to go. It's actually boundless. And to the right of you, and behind you, to the left of you, above you, and below you, opening all the cells of your body 
and boundlessly beyond. Measureless love, abundant love, divine love. And now change the complexion in your heart to compassion. Maybe more like a sun that is setting, beautiful setting sun, all these colors. Spreading boundlessly to the east and the west and up and below in the same way, allowing your compassion to radiate in front of you. With ease, without effort, this is just naturally part of you, just like awareness to the right of you. behind you, to the left of you, above and below. Relaxing into compassion everywhere, boundless, measureless, abundant, divine compassion. And now just relax back into simple open awareness. Without making any effort to meditate at all. not trying to create or manipulate or become, just effortless, relaxed being here. Okay. Could open your eyes now. And now I invite you to, um, if you, we'd love to see, <clears throat> we'd love to see your face. If you have your, your video off, please turn it on if you, if that's okay with you. So there are all these 
49 faces here, 50 faces. Maybe pick out a face. They won't know you're looking. They won't be embarrassed. You can just look at them right in the eyes. This Zoom is a, a gift in this way. We can be kind of anonymous. We can anonymously love each other. <clears throat> and then notice about the person that you're looking at. Know that just like you, she wants to be happy or he. More than anything in the world. Just like you, she wants to be happy. And wish this for her or him. May you be happy. And may you have all the causes for happiness. And may you not suffer. Today and all days, may you not suffer. And may have you, may you have all the causes of non-suffering. And if you can see yourself, can you see yourself in a little disc there? Look at yourself. And know you want to be happy. All the time, with everything you do, everything you think, every breath you take, you want to be happy. It's fundamental to being alive, and you want not to suffer. You want to be free from this suffering and wish yourself, may you always be happy all day long and every day of your life may you be happy and may you not suffer may you be free liberated from all this self-created suffering Okay, thank you for that. So I'd like to break up into small groups now. And I have three questions, but first of all, I'd like you just to kind of introduce yourselves to each other. It'd be nice to get to know each other a little bit, just briefly, because there are three questions. First question is, and Chris will have this in the chat, chat box, so you don't have to remember them, but they're not that difficult. What is happiness? What does that mean to you?
Number two, what are the causes for your happiness? And three, what gets in the way? Okay. So I think we'll have about um, 10 minutes, maybe, maybe 12 minutes, something like that. So if you could, it's not that much time, unfortunately, but, um, but um, do the best you can to keep it even among yourselves. Okay. So enjoy this meeting each other and sharing with each other. So welcome back everyone. So how, how was that for you? Um, we have time for a few, uh, a few offerings from you. We'd love, we'd love to hear how that was for you, uh, you know, what came up in your groups, any insights you might have had, um, just, you know, whatever you'd like to share with us. We'd love to hear it, please. Um, and if you just uh, would unmute yourself and speak up, that's yes. how we could do it. There's Simone. Uh, yes. I am somewhat conflicted between the idea of happiness, it seems to me, um, in the world we have right now, it's kind of selfish to be happy. Mm. Interesting. That is the way people think of happiness. But when you want your loved one to be happy, is that... Selfish? No, right? It's, it's love. Uh, well, it's, it's a clinging too for me. <laughs> I see. Well, you'll have to find another avenue, I suppose. Yeah. I was thinking that happiness is being open-hearted, so I don't feel that that's selfish at all. I was just aware that when I'm happy, that's how I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's not exactly the same thing as happiness, but um, that's the first thing that came to mind for me. So that would be a cause for happiness, right? Open-heartedness. My group agree on being equanimous, that's being happy. Beautiful. I, our group was kind of playing with the idea of um, the difference between trying to find happiness outside ourselves and what comes, comes up in the body when we do that and being content and mindful of the body and the, the contentment that comes up when, when we're present, even in difficult circumstances. Mm. Oh, I like that. I found myself... Yeah. Thinking happiness is the absence of unhappiness. <laughs> yeah, that's what came up in our group a lot, too, was that happiness is kind of a, we, we're discovering happiness is sort of a default mode, unless it's covered over, 
by right. something that's come up that's drawn us away from that happiness. That, that's what I thank you, Beverly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, I was just saying our group had the same yeah. kind of kind of came to the same. All of us were sort of in the same place. Yeah. Simone. Yes. I can understand how you could view happiness as selfish. Um, if happiness as some people, and often it's young people, but not always, um, if happiness is defined as one's own um, sensual pleasure, whether it's sex or skiing down the mountain as fast as one can or whatever, um, then yes, and, 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 and then nothing else is happy other than, than that, you know. Um, um, then, then yes, that can be kind of selfish. But if it's defined as more of a contentment or of a stance that allows one to be aware and kind to others in the world or engage in whatever process or activism one cares about, but from a fairly mm, calm or, uh, or a stance of some clarity, then then that's different. Is that helpful at all? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. But uh, you can always think that they, there are so many other people who don't have that opportunity. Yes. Yes. And, and we, you know, I, I wish kids in school were taught to understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs because you have to, ha you know, we are, we are, we're here presuming, I think, although maybe not, David, you can correct me, or Robert, um, uh, that the needs for food and shelter are met. And then you go kind of higher up the spectrum and you uh, up the pyramid and you... Um, right. Yeah, I think the top, to the top of that uh, is altruism, mm -hmm. the greatest happiness. Valerie has something to say, yeah? <clears throat> there, was a, um, there was a book... There was a book that came out, 10 Steps or 10 Keys or Something to Happiness by two psychologists about, what, 10 years ago or something? And they interviewed people all over the world in really dire situations. People had had great tragedies, on and on and on. And they found, you know, there were certain qualities in, in them, regardless of their, their life situation and how yes. whatever, they had certain things that were consistent well, in their Yes. personality. I can't, now it's been so long since I looked at the book, I can't remember it, but I remember it being so enlightening. And when, one was certainly some kind of inner strength, and right. one was, one I do remember clearly, because this one helped me a lot, was a commitment to be happy in their own lives, mm -hmm. regardless of what was going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, maybe happiness. Thank you. Yes. Sorry. Maybe happiness isn't just the opposite of unhappiness so that there's only, you know, this duality of one of happy or you're not happy. Maybe there's a whole spectrum of happiness of right. different levels of intensity and different types so that you could be unhappy about what's going on in our country, but at the same time you could be happy about the sun is out today and it's warming you. Yeah. 
so yeah. that you don't have to be one or the other. You can be happy and unhappy at the same time. Exactly. I, I think acceptance for me is happiness. Um, if, when I accept what is, then I can be content. And happiness sometimes has a, an idea of it that's like, that's like to me over the top, but just yes. acceptance. Yes, yes. Yes. I, I, uh, I'm sorry to, this is such a beautiful and active and vibrant discussion. Oh, oh David, I, David, I yeah. would like to encourage this is beautiful. This is really. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe a few more minutes. And I, I also want to put out the, you know, just in, into your minds, causes, the causes for happiness. Just maybe two more minutes. Also. Also, I was just thinking that, uh, I mean, I just read or heard, um, like, babies are, you know, happy one minute or, and then sad the other minute and uh, unhappy and sad. I think that's, you know, a, a kind of a nature that we have. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> but we're not always happy because, yeah. Okay, what I wanted to say is uh, the causes for happiness, I think it's also gratitude. Yeah. And uh, one can be grateful for so many things in life. Yeah. And when I think of that, then I feel happy. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything big, you know, it can be just small things. But when I look at those things, then I feel happy. Yeah. So it has a lot to do with gratitude. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel the same way, Take, taking it in. So there seems to be like the use of the word feel with happiness. And in our group, we kind of like happiness is not a feeling. It's a state of being that one acknowledges. So because oh. we don't think happiness is an emotion per se. Right, right, right. right. Oh. Wonderful, wonderful comments. There's also so much wisdom in this group. Yes. I, I'd like to say something, David, too. So um, everything that everyone said is absolutely spot on. You, you're, all, you're all really tracking here. Even when we're unhappy, the wish for happiness exists. And to be aware of the wish is a way that you can cultivate and train the mind towards more pro-social responses, which create the causes of happiness. So even when I'm doing something unskillful, that the wish for me to have a result that I'm not getting is there. So I might be doing something really unskillful. And at the very same time, exists this fundamental part of me that wants to be happy. So even when people are doing obnoxious things, that behavior at, the, at that particular moment, we think will bring us happiness. So when you begin to look at it in that way, you really do begin to see that this drive, this expression is something that we share, that's something that all of us share. It's a common humanity 
kind of, uh, it helps us appreciate this quality of common humanity. And it also helps us meet people who are difficult in our life with a little bit more compassion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, we don't, we don't have to, uh, you know, roll over and let toxic behavior overtake us, but it does allow us to see the humanity in ourselves and in, in another person. See? Yes. I've been reading Mary Trump's book, so I totally agree. With that. <laughs> well, I know I, this is again, this is uh, wonderful sharing. I wish we could do this for an hour, but I really want to get to uh, Fiona. She has uh, uh, she has such great wisdom and such a beautiful Here. heart. So, so let's um, let's let's move on with with great all right. gratitude to all of you for your for your shares, and to you, David, for bringing up such a wonderful topic. <laughs> well, I, I just this has been wonderful. Uh, obviously, um, our hearts have been so touched. This outpouring, it's um, of. Uh, sharing from you all is just a total delight. Um, and I just, um, and many of you, uh, I think today, I don't have a gallery, so I don't know who all's here, but may have sat on uh, this uh, very short retreat that um, Gil had offered this last week, um, building on uh, talks that he'd done on um, YouTube, uh, and it was started out with the three gates to liberation, the three doors, and then what to cultivate um, in our practice. And what I had wanted to talk about today, and it seems everyone was on the same uh, path, was Gil. It's uh, spoken, um, and it is on, available in Audio Dharma on, um, on the 18th. Saturday the 18th, he gave a guided meditation and a talk on um, happiness. And uh, I listened a little bit again this morning. Uh, he started out, you know, the whole message of the Buddha was about happiness. Um, and that's not what popular culture, we say, oh, it's suffering and the end of suffering and the path to the end of suffering. And, and he kept coming back to happiness and the cultivation. And he took the word happiness and started using the word well-being. How, where can we find the sense of well-being? So in our sitting practice, you know, just being quiet, we might have aches and pains, but where is there a place of well-being and ease? And, um, and expanding on that, you know, that noticing, becoming aware of where this is in our lives, whether it's on the cushion or maybe in our daily life, of recognizing those moments, those experiences, those perceptions that are happy producing and, and nurture a sense of well-being. And and then he encouraged, this is how, when we um, cultivate 
and acknowledge this deep within us and in our lives. This is how we can come to the world. This question earlier, happiness is selfish. Actually, by cultivating, we might not want to use the word happiness. Maybe it's a sense of ease and well-being. But this is how we can come to the world, come to our life, with a sense of being able to hold it and not being overwhelmed, that there is goodness, there is beauty, there is there are moments of joy, um, and to not discount that. Uh, someone else mentioned gratitude. It's like these grace. Grace comes to us if we can acknowledge, oh, I'm not in pain right now, you know. <laughs> it hurt when I got out of bed this morning, but I've moved enough, and now I, I'm feeling pretty okay. Can I appreciate that rather than my mind going back, oops, I'm 71 years old. I can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. But to, to turn our minds, where is it easeful? Where am I blessed? Um, and I, I loved hearing this from Gil. I, if you didn't hear the talk or did, it's worth another listen. And then this morning with Diana, talking about just our body can always be this resource of going back and finding where is this sense of ease and softness and um, an openness? Um, and by connecting with that, how it, it uh, greases the path to connecting with our life and with others. So that sense of connecting to ourselves and what is good opens us to connecting with others um, so that being said I had thought um, because at the very beginning of our senior sangha months ago um, it was it was uh, advertised as how to enjoy our old age <laughs> or how to enjoy aging and then people expressed they wanted to connect this was so important so um, I would love for, for us to go into groups again and please just enjoy each other in this time we can be uh, in this space um, to maybe sit for a moment quietly and then just what is going well in your life and in your practice right now? What, what can you share with others in your group that is going well? And then the other part of that is how to nurture it. You know, I have a, been so enjoying the garden this year. Um, there's not much else to distract the mind. And I feel this is like nurturing the garden. I just go out. I remember I water every morning like Ellen Chadwick told me to do 30 years ago. You know, it's the rain in the morning. Nurturing that and not letting it be stressed and the garden is just bountiful. So um, how, are, how can I or how am I nurturing that sense of well-being in my practice and in my life? So those are the two questions, and I think uh, that would give us um, a good 15 minutes maybe um, 
to share with each other. I think you've all learned how to share the, the space, the time, and listen. Uh, I think listening to other people's joys also just increases the joy in our own heart. So, um, Chris, if you could do the breakout groups, that would be great. So we have a few minutes before the break. If um, people want to just share if anything came up in that, you know, any they have, they, uh, if you want to maybe give them another minute because they're... Oh, okay. They're still yeah. coming in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they had 60 seconds to come back, so... They'll be okay. Back. Here they all are. Yeah, they're back now. Okay. So, welcome back. And um, if uh, we have a few minutes before uh, our official break, if you want to share anything that arose in your sharing... Um, about, you know, how you are nurturing your own well-being or on your, in your practice or what you've discovered, uh, just to share with others. So if you feel inspired, you can unmute yourself and share with the larger group. I would like to say that in our group, um, we spent most of our time expressing appreciation for IMC. <laughs> important IMC has been for us during this time and how welcoming one of our members is fairly new to IMC and lives in Southern California and he 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 also expressed this so um, I mean we talked about other things but that was really the overriding theme is how how wonderful how supportive how welcoming IMC has been thank you thank you In our little group, oh, sorry. One of the things we talked about, oh, hi, Gail. <laughs> Carol, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yes. We, I, I guess also coming out of that little retreat, I, I did that too this last week with Gail and all. Um, how easy it is to... Um, kind of focus on the negative and how helpful it can be to be open to the positive because actually there's a lot that's happening but you know one has to be a take it in <laughs> never to take it in so um anyway that's something that has been really good for me to remember yeah <laughs> thank you Gail, are you, yeah, are you there? I, I was just going to say, our, our group seemed to like the word well, well-being a lot. And, and uh, um, I especially appreciate Fiona's emphasis on Gil's um, suggestion that we can, we can find well-being in, in ourselves in uh, situations where it's not the dominant um, feeling, and yet if we look for it, um, if we somehow allow it and look for it, we can find um, areas of it. And so it, it's not an either-or situation, either we're happy or not. It's, it, it's more um, 
um, accessible and available this way. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. No. But, um, but I'm, I'm appreciating your, your prompt, Fiona, and, and uh, uh, just saying we, we, all, um, we all liked it a lot. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So if no one else cares to share, maybe we'll take this 10 minutes to stretch legs or get some fresh air or a cup of tea and bathroom break. And uh, we'll meet back okay. at our stations at, um, in 10 minutes. So. Looks like everyone's back. So Robert, if you want to just go ahead. Okay, I didn't see that. There, good. Okay. So let me get you on gallery view here so I can see everyone. So thank you, David, and thank you, Fiona. Um, and I'm going to build a little bit on what has happened already or what we've been talking about already. But I'm going to do it from a little bit different angle. I'm going to come at it from, um, I, I came upon a study recently that I found really interesting. And um, the study was done a few years ago that in, and it included several thousand participants. Uh, and it was investigating the topic of neuroplasticity and how the mind changes the emotional life of our brains and also our sense of well-being. So it's all uh, related to what we've been talking about um, so far. So the scientific paper upon which the study was based was titled, A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind. Makes sense, doesn't it? So the study asked participants three questions. And the three questions are, what are you doing right now? Where is your mind right now? Is it focused on what you're doing or is it focused elsewhere? And at this very moment, how happy or unhappy are you? So <clears throat> I didn't realize David was gonna talk about happiness, but it, it was, it's a perfect tie-in. So the study, found that there are four challenges that are facing society today, which really are significant failures of well-being. And these four challenges were, first, I'm not sure that it was in a specific order, but I think it's this. First is this quality of distractibility. So uh, the study found that there's a growing uh, attention deficit disorder on a societal level today. Um, we've literally become a culture of sound bites and mind-numbing news cycles. And really, even with Zoom and, and all as wonderful it is, ever more dazzling technology that both seduces us and at the same time, it dulls our human sensitivities, this being able to touch into this quality of love and awareness. 
So <clears throat> it found that the average American adult, this is shocking, spends 47% of their time not paying attention to what they're doing. And when we're not paying attention to what we're doing, we're significantly less happy than when we are paying attention to what we're doing. So distractibility was one of the causes of, of one of the challenges here to well-being. The second one is loneliness. And <clears throat> this is interesting because the statistic that the study came up with was that it's 76% of middle-aged Americans report that they suffer from high levels of loneliness. I found that shocking. Um, I would have expected maybe in, in amongst an older group like, like all of us here, that loneliness might have been a more significant um, factor, but even amongst middle-aged uh, uh, Americans. So, and, and in terms of well-being, recent research shows that loneliness is actually a predictor by more than a twofold, twofold magnitude of early mortality, even compared to something like obesity. So loneliness. The next one is uh, negative self-talk, this idea of our inner critics. And this leads to depression. And <clears throat> depression is on the rise in our country. And it's interesting, it's, it really does fall along gender lines. In the last three years alone, this is a shocking statistic, there's been a 33% increase in diagnoses of major depression in women and in young girls. <clears throat> also, along the same lines, there's been a noticeable uptick in the percentage of suicides in America. And this is also on the rise amongst young people. So at least one suicide per day is happening in America uh, among teenagers. Heartbreaking. And then the last uh, factor is the loss of meaning and purpose in life. Um, so that's, that's the bad news, folks. But the good news is that there's uh, four pillars of what, what the researchers are calling pillars of a health, healthy mind. And those four are very briefly awareness, the capacity to focus our mind and to resist distractions. And so psychologists uh, define the term meta-awareness as knowing what the minds are doing. You know, Buddhist practitioners would call this mindfulness. So, <clears throat> so this quality of being able to know uh, what's, what's actually going on is necessary in order for real transformation to happen. The second quality, our second pillar of a healthy mind is connection, cultivating the qualities that nurture harmonious interpersonal relationships, qualities that we've all been talking about today, appreciation, gratitude, kindness, compassion, basically having positive outlook. 
And it's interesting because the research shows that we don't have to spend a lot of time. Uh, we just need to, to cultivate these qualities on a, a you know, a sort of a continuous basis, a little bit at a time, uh, but over and over again. And this is how these qualities take root in us. So the researchers show what most of us would think is obvious that even a few minutes of a day can show changes in the brain after a short period of time. And then <clears throat> the third one is insight. And <clears throat> in, in this case, what the researchers are talking about is insight into the narratives that we have about ourselves. So if we flip back to the challenges, this negative self this negative inner critic voice that that is with us all the time if we if we can see um, if we can see that we realize that a, a healthy mind entails changing the relationship that we have to that narrative it's not like we're trying to get rid of the narrative it's like we're trying to cultivate a, a healthier relationship to it. So, uh, so uh, we begin to see that those narratives aren't really true. We begin to see that those narratives are really not much more than a constellation of thoughts that are arising and passing away. This is all Buddhism 101, but I think it's, it's interesting to look at it. And then the last one is purpose. And purpose is having a sense that our life has directions and that we can learn to recognize purpose in our everyday activities. Even what someone said, I, I jotted it down here uh, when you were uh, debriefing earlier, that uh, happiness is uh, by making a commitment to happiness, that this is an important way of cultivating happiness. And a commitment to happiness could very much be the purpose that we have. So what we're doing is we're changing our relationships to the way that we speak to ourselves. So I'm going to do the same thing that my colleagues did, my friends. And I'm going to ask um, Chris to put you into breakout rooms. And um, if we could be in uh, groups of four, Chris, and each of you will have about four minutes to share. I'm going to give you some prompts uh, to look at, and Chris will put them in the chat box so you can refer to them. But just briefly, what are some, what are some ways that you can build connections in your own life? What are some of the ways that you build connections in your own life? Excuse me. And then how does insight into the relationship with your personal narrative or story show up for you? You know, can you see the story for the story? In what ways can you be a better friend to yourself? So that understanding the relationship, is there, are there ways that you can be a better friend to yourself? And then, <clears throat> How do you experience purpose and direction in your life? So those would be three, three prompts. And what I su suggest is that you just look at them and um, maybe pick one and then just share with uh, your small group 
what that prompt is brings up for you. So, um, and also just self-time yourself. So we'll have about, uh, about 12 minutes to do this. So Chris, can you shoot them into their breakout rooms? Let's hear from a few of you. We have a few more minutes left. What, what are some of the ways that uh, you build connections in your own life? Or um, uh, what are some of the ways that you can be a better friend to yourself or experience purpose and direction in your life? Or anything else that you talked about that you want to share? Can I share? Please. Uh, well, someone in my group said that they like to do, make phone calls and that um, I, I like talking to. I'm an ex-psychotherapist. So, um, and she said I could get the uh, phone numbers or email addresses from the Senior Sangha website, and I don't know what that is. Um, Fiona, do you know what that is? I don't know what that is either. I'm sorry. Fiona, or Okay. Senior Sangha website? No, um, I sent out, um, I think back when we were meeting at, at a group, uh, people signed up to share their information. Um, and so there is and was sent out, although it's rather dated now, um, <laughs> a contact list of names and phone numbers and or email uh, back, I think, in February. So oh. there is a rudimentary list, um, but it's not. There's not a website. It's on the email, you know, that our email box that I send out, you know, the communications to you. And there is that list. It's a, as I say, it's a little dated now since we're here. We are in July, and a lot of people have come in and added themselves to it. But there is was a list. Um, anyway, uh, Fiona. Uh, there was also um, getting people in little groups who wanted to take to each other, and for some reason, I never got on. Uh, uh, yes, please. In, a, in a group. Uh, can you just send me an email to that? Yes. Right. Um, I'll forward this on to David, who's uh, he was putting people together. So we'll get you in. Okay. So. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And may that be a source of happiness for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say I love phone calls, and I'm the person who put together the phone date proposal. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone remembers that, but if you get in touch with Fiona, you can get my email and... And there are a few of us who have signed up to to participate, to just talk together. And, you know, one of the things I love is, is that it gives the more time to explore our narratives and see through them and see and reach more flexibility in our lives. Um, so... That's it's just one thing that 
really um, is is giving me a sense of connection and, and well-being. Right, Robert. Oh. I was um, I was really interested in your in the presentation that you did about you know what's happening in America today with people in their depression and their loss. And it seemed like the first, the second list was almost the antidotes to the first. Yes, yes. I love these like, too. Just right. went hand in hand pretty much. And so, right. yeah. That so was they, were, they were looking at, you know, not only what happens to the brain from a neuroplasticity perspective, but from a sense of well-being. And they were saying that challenges to well-being are, it's important to notice what they really are. And then the pillars were how you, how those things can be addressed. So, yeah, and we found uh, there's a, a reference to the study. There was a talk done by a, a researcher from the University of Wisconsin in Madison who was from Harvard. It's a Harvard study, apparently. And I remember hearing about it and... Um, there'll be a, a link that Fiona will send yes. out. And if you're interested, then you can listen to his Ted talk. Great. And hopefully I didn't, <laughs> hopefully I got it. I nailed it, but I, if I didn't, you'll forgive me. <laughs> well, I find it um, interesting to be with am I? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Yes. I find it interesting to be with groups of other people that are not, not having a spiritual practice, people that don't have a spiritual practice per se, or not Buddhist per se, and um, to, to feel kind of happy and feeling feeling pretty good personally, and, and yet see this, this um, people around me feeling really pretty down and depressed. And I mean, I think our nation's kind of depressed, but um, it's just kind of a, I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting well, one of the one of the things that I found really s shocking in the study, one of the the findings was that depression amongst women, it's amongst men as well, but amongst women in the last three years alone has risen thirty three percent, and it's the same for teenage girls as well. So, you know, that's the whole paper that could be done why is that yeah. what's happening for women and why is that happening and it's you know it's really heartbreaking to think about it and yet yeah. these pillars of of uh you know well-being or whatever they can be learned that's the good news this is all learnable you see, compassion is learnable. Happiness is learnable. We can train in it. Gratitude is learnable. We can train in it. That's what we do when, when we engage in our Buddhist practice. You see, I could have asked the question in another way. How do you bring your practice to bear on the question of purpose in life? You see, maybe your purpose is to... to cultivate connection with one another, you know, get into mm -hmm. these small groups so that we're not lonely, you know. How do we um, in the group I was in, we were all really um, grateful that you, that Robert, you had said 
you kind of redefined what purpose and meaning in life that, it, you know, I think all of us are retired and we're not working anymore. So sometimes you can kind of feel like, well, what is my purpose now? But, you know, it might be just to be happy, as you said. <laughs> that was very helpful. Very positive. Um, um, Robert, I found what is really interesting for me is that um, in the last three years, look at who in our country is getting lots of attention and uh, sometimes it feels like there's a complete lack of heart there. And so I, I found myself really struggling after the last election. And it's been very interesting for me to, um, you know, look at how can I bring more heart into the world when it seems like um, some people in power are um, are so out of touch with, apparently out of touch with their own hearts. So um, that might have something to do with the statistics. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, could I say something here? Um, Robert, you know my okay. husband, Rob, the engineer, and you may have even heard him say uh, that engineer's phrase, all models are wrong, some models are useful. Um, and we found Buddhism to be a very useful model. Um, but looking at the model of, um, of psychotherapy, of psychology, when I was studying it, it was all on the abnormal psychology. And I don't know how many of you, many of you, but not all of you may know, not, may know of the Greater Good Science Center at Berkeley. They have the most marvelous newsletter posting articles about the new, um, I don't know how new it is, Robert, you can comment, um, uh, positive psychology and the research that's being done. And it's, it's very uplifting. Yeah, it is. So, so Where is the name of it again? The Greater Good Science Center. Mary, do you still want to say something? You've been trying for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, just, I would love to hear from you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I just, in our group, I think we kind of came to the consensus, at least from my viewpoint, that without these teachings, we wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff, not any of it. Mm. And so, mm. you know, aware, you know, like, how do I build connections? I just go to my practice. How am I kinder to myself, a better friend? I mean, it, it's all there. It's all there. And so I am just eternally grateful for having found these teachings um, and having still the capacity to do it still have the yes. mental clarity, still have, you know, I have all the usual stuff that you get when you grow old, but, you know, I'm still able to really keep learning. My brain is still good. I can keep applying what all of you guys are teaching. It, it is just the greatest gift ever that I didn't expect in my later years. So I am, I am just, you know, without, without the Buddhist teachings, I'd be a goner. 
and I think most of us would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you. So. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Ditto. Yep. Yep. Right. So we're yeah. a little bit. Of, uh, this is a great conversation. Yeah. We're a little bit over the hour, so I don't okay. want people to feel like they have to stay. So I want yeah. to thank everybody for being part of this today. And I want to uh, just take a moment to dedicate the merit of our coming together and uh, sharing like this in this very beautiful way. Uh, and whatever benefit that we get from it on an individual level, you know, I think we're sharing it with one another in the group. And by extension, we can give it to the greater uh, community that we're a part of and to the world at large. So may you all be happy and may you all know the causes of happiness and may you all be free. And may you all be safe and maintain social distancing and wear <laughs> Okay. Yes. Okay. Amen. Namaste. 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 Thank, Thank you, everybody. everybody.